And now we turn to this morning's scripture reading. Today we're going to hear a passage from the New Testament letter to the Ephesians. Listen now as Allie Flores shares with us this morning's scripture reading. Today's scripture reading comes from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 through chapter 5, verse 2. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up, as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander, together with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, now I want to introduce this morning's guest preacher. All through the season of Lent, we're taking part in a shared sermon series called The Paths of Righteousness. We've invited preachers from United Methodist congregations all around the city of Flint and Flint Township and Flushing to share with us stories of how God has called them and guided them to the place where they find themselves now. Our hope is that in hearing the stories and hearing the thoughts and reflections of all of these different United Methodist clergy people, we will be able to better hear God's voice and to find God's guidance in our own lives. And this morning's sermon is going to be brought to us by Pastor Greg Timmons from Calvary United Methodist Church. And Calvary United Methodist Church is just down the road from us here in the city of Flint. Pastor Greg is probably going to look familiar to many court streeters. Before Greg was the pastor of Calvary United Methodist Church, he was our United Methodist Water Crisis Response Coordinator for this area. He did that work out of an office here at Court Street United Methodist Church. And pastor Greg is also right now co-leading with me an anti-racism study on Wednesdays called Be the Bridge 101. And we're so excited to, to announce that we had 50 people participate in that anti-racism Zoom study this last Wednesday. Pastor Greg is also a husband. He's a father of two brilliant and kind-hearted children. He's been a good friend to me for many years, and it is my great pleasure this morning to invite him to share the good news of God's love with the people of Court Street United Methodist Church. Good morning. I'm Pastor Timmons, pastor of Calvary United Methodist Church, and I want to welcome you to our worship service and, and the sermon today is, it's not about color. Another title that was used was, was it really about color? Uh, it is my personal testimony of how Christ has led me to where I am today into a, a closer relationship with him. It's my call story. When I was, I look at history, but first of all, pray with me. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you are here and present, that your anointing would fall fresh in the room, both here and where people are who are listening. God, I submit my spirit and my heart to you. Let no words come out of my mouth except those that are to be spoken and heard from your very mouth. Let me follow your spirit, God, and your guidance that all may hear and that our hearts will be transformed, that our spirits may be made 
whole in the precious name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. When I look at the history of society and its societal impact on my life, and I see God's direction, I see his divine guidance for me even now. In the 60s, there was a fight for equality and justice and for all people. Men and women were fighting for the right to vote. It was also a time of war. During the 60s, the economy was doing well after a small recession at the beginning of the turn of, uh, at the beginning of the 60s. People had the prosperity to attack the government. They called themselves hippies. They experimented with drugs and they were anti-establishment in terms of their expressions. Uh, they believed in extreme individualism, countercultural language like groovy man and far out dude. <laughs> there was a, an acknowledgement of Christ and even the following of some of his principles, but without a point of submission to lordship. I didn't understand what was going on because I was very, very young. What was happening in the world around me. See, I was raised to follow the rules of society and, and that being the rules of the order of the deep south. Now, I'm not talking about some of the Jim Crow stuff, but I'm talking about the core issues of respect and value. And I digress. I will continue forward. I learned what was tried and true is better than is a better guide for stability than breaking rules and, and destroying things. So as a kid, and also as the youngest, I did my fair share of breaking rules, but it was, you know, kid stuff. What I didn't know is that I was in a snow globe. A snow globe of hate and power struggles historic and well-planned perceptions of me that will require me to hold on to the fundamentals of life. My core values were my cement that held me in place as the contents of the snow globe swirled around me. Love God, to trust him no matter what was the glue that held me solid. I still have memories of me talking to God even as at the age of two and sitting in his presence and being surrounded by the love of God. It's, it's still very precious to me. My parents would say to me, be polite and be respectful, especially to adults and authority figures. My parents' instructions were also, you be a child and we'll deal with the inequities of this life. You stay calm and orderly. Remember how you're raised. And lastly, you are a Timmons. Do not shame your family. I didn't understand the concepts of self-hate among my own racial group brought about by the constant verbal bombardment of a majority society communicating our inferiority. There were laws and rules controlling people's families and, and opportunities keeping them in the projects and in substandard housing. I didn't understand that kids my age 
and my race wanted to beat me up in kindergarten. I didn't get that. Calling me soft and a rich kid, I formed lifelong alliances with Cliffus and, and Gerald. We were the best of friends. They called us the Three Musketeers. You didn't touch one without dealing with the other two. So we were like that collective group that protected each other until they graduated. Our three concerns, our, big, our biggest concerns were, let's make sure we get our homework done and let's make sure that we play a lot, right? Have fun every time we had the opportunity to have fun. There were never clothing and food and shelter or even whether we would have the opportunity to get toys. I was not aware of my other classmates' issues and concerns, what they were dealing with, with lack and want, and, and it wasn't fair. My first experience of black and black crime was people attempting to beat me up in, uh, in kindergarten. The next year when Clifford and Gerald graduated and they were gone, I fought so much in kindergarten that I was almost kicked out. I had so many notes attached to my clothing that my mom sent a note back to the kindergarten saying, please don't pin any other notes to this child. You're destroying his clothes. Just put it in his pocket. One of my most poignant memories of race one of my first memories was I was in a private Catholic school in first grade and, and uh, my, um, my teacher said, well, even Greg did his homework. Well, you know, I was proud that I did my homework. I was excited. But then it later dawned on me, even Greg did his homework. Even this poor black kid over here did his homework. In second grade, when the, non, when the school was close to non-Catholics and I went to a public school and, in a black neighborhood with a black teacher, that teacher gave me nothing but B's. No matter how well I did on tests, no matter how well I performed, she gave me nothing but B's as a punishment because I went to a private school, a private white school, rather than starting out in first grade um, at a black school. In that first grade, I was doing third and fourth grade work, so second grade was a breeze for me. I digress. I go forward. So I share this, my upbringing, the environment I grew up with, because it will help you under, better understand my call and my call to salvation. See, the prejudice that we see now and the races, race, issue of race that we deal with now, it's not the first time that there was an issue uh, concerning power and wealth. In France, the French Revolution, the key drivers of the revolution were an apathy to the plight of the poor, also ignoring the baser needs of the poor, such as a need for bread and water. Disease was also allowed to run rampant, and taxes were being increased on the poor while the rich continued to have a good time. They became more and more wealthy on the backs of the poor and underprivileged. The rich wanted to maintain this power, of course, it's a good time for them. But the poor got together 
and they storm the castle and storm the royalty and flip the script and overthrew the elite. The landowners here in the U.S. saw that, these wealthy landowners, and they said, hey, we can't have that, so here's what we need to do. Let's split the poor. Who's in the group of the poor where you got the blacks and the slaves? Let's make them the bottom of the rung. And then you poor whites, we'll tell you you can vote and you can own property and you can do anything you can work hard to do. And then what we'll do is we'll continue to perpetuate that in a unified movement. So the poor whites could vote and own land and the blacks were stymied by laws and codes. Positioning the blacks as being inferior allowed the landowners to pay them less, if at all. Also, laws were created and strictly enforced so that they could enslave blacks and, and, and put them into prison and get free labor. The media was controlled predominantly by whites and continuously painted blacks as dumb, little children who needed white direction, people who were incapable of being responsible for their own personal property, while they managed the affairs of plantations and households throughout America. The image of black men as rapists, thieves, sly, shifty, lazy, consumers of white women's bodies, and violent thieves of white men's property was, was perpetuated in all forms of media and also in verbal banter throughout the U.S. To this day, it is still being reinforced by movies and rap videos and periodic magazine articles. So me becoming keenly aware of the aforementioned facts, I chose to go to an HBCU, which is a historically black college and university. The name of the university was Florida A&M University, and God was in that decision. I gave my life to Christ on campus. I moved from being a religious guy, just a church goer, to a serious, born-again, spirit-filled Christian. I was a member of the prestigious School of Business and Industry at Florida A&M University, and in that school, we often interacted with industry leaders from just about all major corporations that you could name. And we were trained how to interface with them, but not only how to interface with these presidents and vice presidents, but also how to influence them. In my heart of hearts, I wanted to be a pastor, but the Lord needed me to learn some things outside of seminary, a journey of decades. Now I have the education and the experience to filter through the political nonsense of the day, to hold dear to the, one of, hold dear to the things of God, which are sure. I have no reason to doubt myself. I realize the power of faith with works. I realize the power of hope with purpose and grace in the face of impossible situations. I am now called to live and to assist others in living out this scripture. Do not let any unwholesome and unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful in building up others, that it may benefit those who are in need. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God to whom 
You are sealed unto a day of the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, brawling, which is fighting, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate, one to another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. Follow God's example. Walk in the ways of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. So raising money, it really isn't the issue. Jesus and being in right standing with God the Father is the work that we have to do. It is learning how to set aside, learning first what some of our differences are, learning secondly how do we work through those differences, and then setting that nonsense aside so that we can walk in unity together, helping build the kingdom of God for Jesus Christ. It is not looking the other way, but addressing the issues of the day. Why I'm afraid, why I'm uncomfortable, what makes me tick, what makes you tick, what do you, what do you need? How may I help you be blessed of God? When I look at the mirror, I see a person who needs a lot of work. When I look at myself. So the question is, do you see in yourself that you need a lot of work? And that this day is a day of new beginnings. This is a time that you say, oh Lord, I need to do better. Pray with me. Lord, I repent of my sin. Come into my life and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I need to change. I need to be more like you. Touch me. Touch my heart. I acknowledge Jesus as Lord. Fill me with your spirit. Hallelujah. And seal me to that day of redemption. And help me to have a mind to follow you and to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, you have not only acknowledged sin of your past, but you have asked the Lord into your life to come and to transform you and to change you and to shift you. And you say, well, I already know the Lord. Praise the Lord for that. There is never, ever, ever not a need for prayer. Jesus consistently prayed throughout his entire walk here on the earth, and he was perfect. I think you and I not being perfect, maybe we need some work too. We love you and you are appreciated. May God be with you and his grace abound in your heart and spirit. In Jesus' name, be blessed. Have a great week.